Welcome to Fireside, a Sitecore community discussion, your source for discussions on not only the latest and greatest from Sitecore, but also helpful tips and tricks. I'm your host and Sitecore MVP, Josh Hover. And today with me, I've got Megan Jensen, fellow MVP and a senior solution architect and strategist. Welcome to the show today. Hey, Josh. Thanks for having me. We also have Chet Potvin. He's a solutions architect and also the organizer of Pizza Posium, which is a really cool event um, prior to the starting and kickoff of the symposium this year. Welcome aboard, Chet. Hey, thanks, Josh, for, uh, for, for inviting me back. Hopefully I don't disappoint. <laughs> I don't think you will. All right, so today we're going to talk a little bit more about post symposium. What were some of the lessons learned and what were some of the key takeaways? So I guess with that, what were you guys overall thoughts on this being really the first symposium back since COVID and uh, getting to to meet everyone in person? What was the overall feeling you guys were were seeing? Um, I don't know about you guys, but this felt like a family reunion. Um, I haven't seen a lot of these folks in three years and you know, being a part of the Sitecore community, we communicate all the time, whether it's through Slack or Sitecore user groups or the Friday Sitecore lunches. I feel like I chat with these people a lot and see them virtually a lot, but to like see everyone in person was a completely different feeling. And I feel like I I probably had more hugs in the first 12 hours in Chicago <laughs> than I did in the last five years. And like that just like warmed my little heart and filled my bucket so much. And just like that felt so good to like really get the community back together. So I know there's like a lot of business to be done and sales to be landed and things to learn, but just like getting getting the gang back together again really felt fantastic to me. And I know I'm kind of a, a warm and fuzzy kind of person, but um, that just, I needed that. It was really good for me. Yeah, and and just building off of that, you know, 100%, it felt... Like I was, I was finally meeting people for the first time in person, um, but also being a, a you know, a, a native of Chicago, um, there was a lot of, um, I guess, concern. Uh, people weren't sure whether Chicago would stack up um, for symposium. And I think, um, you know, with, with the way that the event was organized and um, the symposium party at the museum uh, really allowed Chicago to, to showcase um, what it does best, and that is, um, to host professionals or conferences. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. And I think Chicago rose to the occasion. Um, one thing that I, I learned a little bit later in the day for the for the first day was that the convention center was connected to a lot of the hotels. So I think that it made it a lot easier so that you didn't have to be out into the cold. I think last week was a little bit more unseasonably cold. Chet, you can give me a fact check there, but it did feel a little bit chillier than normal. But you know, one sentiment that I definitely would share is how much I enjoyed getting to meet people from the community. I think, like you both mentioned, you know, getting to talk to people online and Slack and things like that, uh, and first getting to see them in person, it was a really great opportunity and a fun experience. Yeah, and you never know with Chicago weather. It can be it can be 40 degrees one day, and then later on in the week, it was 75. So uh, and it's just a weird, <laughs> weird time of year. And Chet, I got to tell you, so my husband flew in towards the end of the week and we stayed through the weekend. And um, I love your town coming from Minnesota. Um, cold weather doesn't scare me. 
but it was 75 and gorgeous and glorious all weekend. And we ate everything there was to eat. And we saw every nerdy thing in every museum your beautiful city had to offer. So um, the weekend made up for the chilly week. It was beautiful. That's awesome. That's great to hear. So Chet, I think that that's a really good segue. So pizza is a big part of Chicago, right? And you organized this year's Pizza Posium. Um, I guess that the lingering question from the show is who actually won the best pizza from the event? Yeah. So um, so just a little bit of background uh, quickly. Um, the, the pizza tour, Pizza Posium, um, let us sample pizzas from three different pizzerias in the Chicago area. And um, we tried to stick with some of the smaller um, pizza pizzerias, um, just because some of the big touristy ones are um, a little overblown. Um, so the, surprisingly, the the first stop that we that we made um, was uh, was a thin crust place, and um, second stop was deep dish pan style, and then the last one was was your traditional Chicago deep dish. In the first place, um, the name of the comp the name of the pizzeria is uh, Flo and Santos. Um, one. Um, out of the you know 27 folks who attended the pizza symposium. So if you're in Chicago and you want to try um, the best pizza uh, that the, that the Sitecore community um, <laughs> can offer, uh, go to Flo and Santos in the South Loop. Yeah, I think that they truly had some unique pizza. And thank you again for organizing that. Not only was it a cool experience to get to taste a, a wide variety of um, of pizza in Chicago. They had a great commentator on the bus. Uh, he, I think he brought a lot of humor, and I think a lot of people would agree with that. Um, but I think it also offered a really nice variety. What were some of the show highlights that that interest you both um, from this wow. year's symposium? You know, um, I got really excited from the get-go when they announced that Mindy Kaling was going to be one of the key speakers. And I know some people thought it was kind of an unconventional choice. You know, she doesn't have a direct connect to technology or marketing. But to hear her speak about her experience in the business world um, and kind of paving her way and proving her worth and kind of making her place at a table when she was often the only person who looked like her, you know, being the only person of color or being the only woman or being the youngest person um, really spoke to me. And knowing that, um, you know, she had to kind of fight through a lot of things that a lot of people in our industry have to fight through. Um, just that she had a lot of good stuff to say that really applied to my work in um, consulting that I didn't really expect. It was a lot more relevant um, and applicable than I thought. And one of the things that really stuck to me was, you know, she's, you know, in her early 20s getting into writing. She's like, you know, of course I wanted to work for Sex in the City, but I ended up writing dialogue for uh, Dwight Schrute for eight years. And you don't always get to work on your passion project. Sometimes you have to work to make someone else's vision come to life and you owe it to your boss and your clients and whoever to work just as hard on those projects. And I think we've all been there. You know, you have to take someone else's plan, someone else's strategy, and you have to make that work and put just as much um, effort and energy and enthusiasm into that as you do your own you know, beautiful baby that you wanna build. So I just, I really loved hearing what she had to say. And I was delighted that it really, it resonated, I think, more than I even expected it to. I thought she was a great yeah. choice for speaker. I think that Sitecore does a really great job of, of picking diverse speakers um, for that main showcase event. And they don't necessarily tie directly into Sitecore, but I think that Sitecore does a really great job of tying the messaging back so that it relates to us. Mm-hmm. Yep, agree. And and Paige is a really good interviewer, and I think she knows 
how to um, kind of dig into a conversation um, a little bit deeper and, and get some really good insights out of the people that she speaks to. That's actually kind of interesting that you said that, Megan, because I had a client ask, um, you know, what I thought of the the Mindy Kaling interview. Mm-hmm. And I said it was great because um, she, she's a badass. Uh, she's probably yeah. <laughs> the first badass that they've, you know, really had um, mm-hmm. just because she's had such a huge role, in, you know, as a writer, as a producer, as a, a CEO. Um, she's just 100% badass. But the the client was asking you know, was it pre-recorded? And I said, no, you know, that, that was, that was live. It was, yeah. it was very um, formal, but also informal. Like Paige was mm-hmm. really able to kind of like dig in and, and get Mindy to open up about some of the challenges that she's had and how she's uh, overcome them and, and really become a champion for herself and for her team, uh, which mm-hmm. I thought was really, really cool. Yeah, yeah it was, it was fun. Yeah. I think that they, they have scripted questions that they, they read through, but I think that they answer them very candidly. And I think that they were able to pivot a little bit away from that very nicely. Really good segues. Yeah, I think that also speaking about Paige O'Neill, I think she delivered a really great message around shifting of, of new experiences within the market and really how you know customers and, and clients and even our industry has pivoted since COVID um, to deliver a, a really a much better e-commerce and as digital experience and the, really the the cool triumph display that they did where they went through with a VR experience and you were able to do a virtual showroom, check out the motorcycle, um, check out some of the features. I thought that was really neat. Yeah, I really liked her keynote as well. And it kind of gets me excited for kind of the creative strategic side of what we do. You know, a lot of the technology is kind of granular and it's the mechanics and the how but I love that she kind of um, reminds us to get excited about the big kind of beautiful things we can build. And so um, I really loved kind of the AI generated art behind her. I thought that was a really nice way to kind of um, bring some color and life into um, into her presentation as well. So hers was really kind of inspiring, got me really excited to go build some cool stuff. It was um, very vibrant. One of the other uh, key points that I kind of, there was a lot of little, little tiny things that I picked out of some of those presentations. And, and one that stuck out to me was the, the presentation around Cirque du Soleil and Mm -hmm. the, um, I forget his title, um, but he was, you know, the director or VP of digital experience for Cirque du Soleil. And he, he had reached out to his partner and asked him to build a site for him. And what was it? Six weeks or eight weeks or something like that. Or maybe it was a mobile app. I don't remember, but the key point that came out of that was, hey, you know, Sitecore no longer wants these implementations to be year-long, drawn-out projects. Like they're giving us the tools, you know, partners and clients, to be able to build products, sites, apps, whatever channel you choose, um, within a very short time frame, so that you can get to market that much faster. And I thought that was, even though it was a very subtle <laughs> uh, hint. It was still really powerful in the way that he said it. Yeah, I think that it's important to be able to go to to market quickly, especially as we see trends and and pivots within the market these days. Yeah, 100%. I know that uh, Dave O'Flanagan came out and delivered a really great product roadmap. What were your overall thoughts and impressions around some of the offerings from the composable DXP that he had had mentioned? Yeah, I thought his was probably... uh, 
one of the more exciting presentations. I almost wish they would have kicked off the thing with him on day one, um, just because it it created so much excitement and people were kind of buzzing about everything that he had to say. Um, I think one of, from a strategist perspective, the thing that really stuck with me is how much um, or XM Cloud is going to change the landscape. You know, for the last year we've been hearing, oh, it's coming, it's coming. And I've always thought of it as kind of an architectural kind of platform, you know, a solution, but it's so much more than that. And the fact that you're going to be able to do personalization and content testing on XM Cloud is huge for some of our clients because um, CDP and Personalize is a, a very powerful, scalable solution, but it's big. And for a lot of companies, it's going to be too big a bullet. It's it's expensive. It's complex. It's going to take a lot of bandwidth for a team of marketers and developers to manage. So if they can do some of that um, in kind of a more of an XP kind of language in XM Cloud um, and do some rules-based personalization, maybe it's scaled down. Maybe it's not quite as, as complex. Man, it's going to make a lot of companies happy that there's something a little bit more manageable that they're going to be able to, to handle. So I think that was really, really good news um, and, and a really good path forward for some of our mid-level mid-market um, clients. That was great to hear. I love the viewpoint from a strategist as well. That that was perfect. Yeah, it's it's um, we're, we're, we're no longer just Sitecore XM and Sitecore XP experts. Uh, we have to become export, experts in, you know, really digital strategy and digital experience across the board, right? So mm -hmm. um, choosing that, choosing that plugin, that composable option um, that's best of need, um, you know, whether it's, you know, it solves the most problems for your customer or your your implementation team has the most experience with it. Those are the kinds of decisions that are going to have to get made early on in the project so that mm -hmm. um, so it can ensure success. Um, but the other thing is, you know, those decisions are not hard to unmake, right? So if you choose a mm -hmm. tool that that doesn't fit um, later on down the line, then you can you can swap in something else that might fit better. Mm -hmm. So yep. that's my big takeaway from that whole products discussion. I, I think that as we see the, the progression as we move into the cloud, having things like the cloud portal where they offer an ease for enabling features is going to be really key. Um, they also brought out a few other features in that roadmap like Connect. They expanded on search and talked a little bit more about some of the capabilities there. And then Content Hub 1, which was a really mm -hmm. big announcement. Content Hub 1 really being a light version of Content Hub so that you don't have to have all of those main features if they don't apply to you. But right there in the cloud where you can plug in. And then um, from what I understood in the roadmap discussions, you'd be able to turn on some of the features as needed um, once you've got Content Hub 1 set up and established. Yeah. You know, and I think we need to learn more about Content Hub 1, but I think there's real potential here for, um, you know, content production, governance, management. I think this might also be a nice alternative for companies who are trying to get off of WordPress for blogging. I'm always kind of hesitant to, like, throw a bunch of blog authors right into um, content editor, put them right into Sitecore to start, you know, writing all their blogs and con managing that content there. If Content Hub One has an easier interface for users and some narrower, um, 
you know, permissions and that kind of thing. This might be a good alternative for that down the road, but, you know, it's a new product. We're learning a lot all the time. So um, a lot of exciting potential for that product. I, I was really surprised at the excitement, you know, both um, internally within my own team um, and externally about Content Hub One. And I think the big decision that we're going to have to make with with our clients is which one which one do we want to point them towards, right? Is mm -hmm. is, uh, is is it Content Hub One, which is um, a little bit more proven uh, in in the SaaS space, whereas um, XM Cloud is relatively new to SaaS, but it's also the product that a lot of us are most familiar with. Uh, so that's going to mm -hmm. be an interesting discussion um, as these new products start to become more uh, realistic. And I, I think I speak for everyone that we just want a sandbox to play in. Let us get in there and get our feet, you know, <laughs> in there and start playing with it. And then we can make a more confident recommendation because right now what we know is only skimming the surface. Let us get in there and play a little bit. And then we then we can make a more confident recommendation to our clients. What's going to work? What are the limitations? What are the caveats to how it's going to solve their problems in the best possible way. I was talking to one of the the product experts at at the MVP summit, and she was mentioning that that would be something that would be available soon. So we'll be able to get our hands on Content Hub One somewhat soon, and um, and be able to see some of its features and capabilities. So I'm I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, I've been I I echo both of those statements. <laughs> I've been all <laughs> over partner enablement. Um, mm -hmm. this week, just trying to get just trying to get stuff lined up so that we can start to um, to come to conversations with uh, with more tools in our tool belt. Yeah, as we've seen with many of the past symposiums, there's always been an announcement of a new site core version this year being 10.3. And I think that there's a lot of really big features that are going to help even what they announced um, help with some of the migration into the XM cloud stack. What were you guys' thoughts and opinions on that? I think it was good because there's there's a couple of imperatives that came out of symposium in my mind from a technical perspective and those are um, you need to find a cdp or a personalization um, tool uh, to use going forward um, because xp is not necessarily going to be the the uh, the go forward product and then also um, you need to put together a strategy for headless and um, not everybody, not every client, not every customer is going to be able to to make that decision right now or necessarily be able to put that strategy in place. Um, so being able to say, hey, we're giving you Sitecore 10.3 now, essentially, um, mm -hmm. and then Sitecore 10.4 next year means that they're going to, that gives them time. Um, so you get, um, you know, whatever it is, three years uh, within mainstream support and then um, another few years after that for extended support. So it kind of gives you that um, that pathway uh, so that you've got that or runway, I guess you should say, um, before you can take off and really fully uh, embrace the the composable headless um, direction that that Sitecore is moving in. And I think the introduction to things like headless XSA and Next.js mm -hmm. for their components is going to be huge for that. Agreed. Yeah, there's been a little confusion out there over whether you can go headless with SXA and some people have been saying yes and some said no and there's some yes ands but ors. Um, so for them to definitively say yes, you can go headless with SXA is um, going to help our clients just have a direction. So it was good to hear that um, definitively last week. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you on that. 
what were favorite sessions coming out of last week? Were there any sessions that resonated um, more than others? Besides Megan's? <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless your heart, Chet. Um, um, I really loved uh, Rodrigo Paplau's uh, kind of XP to personalize kind of the translation. I wish we would have had this a year ago. I wish Psychor would have kind of put this out. Um, it really... I hope he puts this out in a blog because this is kind of one of the things that's been difficult for our clients to um, wrap their head around is when you're going from XP to personalize is how do you, how do you get your head out of one way of thinking and um, kind of start wrapping your head around the nomenclature and the vernacular that you use with personalize. So I thought that was really helpful and tactical and useful immediately. I thought it was great. So Rodrigo, if you're listening, we would love shout to see out. a blog yeah. post on that and a huge <laughs> shout out. Great session. Yeah, agreed. It was it was funny too. Uh, Rodrigo has uh, many many talents. Uh, I guess along with with Megan, I, I guess they have uh, performing careers um, ahead of them. <laughs> so that was uh, that was a great session and uh, all around um, great guy. Nice to talk to. Yeah, I agree. He's played a, a huge role in the community and, you know, overall he brings a lot of really great personality as well. Uh, Megan, do you want to take a minute to talk a little bit more about the session that you had? Would love to hear a yeah. little bit more. Yeah, so I spoke with um, our client Infor. We are actually launching their new website um, this week and we're building a global multilingual website um, on Content Hub and Personalize. And so, um, you know, we've done a few implementations using those products, but this was this was the first time it was um, we had to do translation things. So we just shared some of the uh, tips and tricks, things that we've learned along the way. It was really nice to um, work with um, Hasnain Aga. He was the vice president over at Infor, and he was so great to work with and collaborate with. Um, and yeah, it was really fun to speak with him. It was a really cool experience speaking at Symposium for the first time. If you have never um, uh, sent in a proposal, just do it. Just be brave. Think of something cool and send in a proposal. You may have to um, submit a few times before you're accepted, but um, go for it because it's a pretty cool experience. It was really fun. I think that it's mm -hmm. great to submit those speaking sessions. Take a leap of faith um, because I think in the end, you're not only helping the community, but I think it's a really fun fun way to to help push yourself as well. But really great session, Megan. I'm glad we were Thank able to, to hear a little bit more about that. One of the sessions that I liked was uh, Jake Hookums, and he was one of the product specialists from Sitecore. And he talked a little bit more about what was next for Sitecore's experience platform. And I know that we already talked a little bit about that, but for me, that was a really great session because he, he dove more specifically into the 10.3 features and the roadmap ahead as we move into cloud, but also talked a little bit, a bit more about 10.4, which I know, Chet, you you touched on as well. Chet, did you have a favorite session? Oh, favorite session. Well, I think uh, I think Rodrigo's uh, was one of my favorites. Another one um, that I really enjoyed uh, was put on by the, the Canabos team. And uh, what I kind of heard a, a reoccurring theme am amongst a bunch of sessions, and that was, um, okay, so we've got this composable platform. How do we how do we get there? What's what do we need to do? So it was very uh, it was a very simple set of slides that kind of walked through the different pieces um, or or the larger pieces of the composable puzzle um, around personalization, search. You know, some of those digital 
experience functional ecosystems, or I'm not even sure what term to use, but um, they kind of provided some options. So it was it was nice because it was not a Sitecore, you know, branded um, session. It was very um, open and honest about, hey, here are some of the tools that we've used um, and had success with. And I thought that it, it did a really good job of painting the picture on um, on how to how to make that composable uh, portrait work. I missed that session, but I think that being able to see that picture painted in a simplistic way could could provide tons of value. I'm sure that out of the the Konobos team, we'll probably see a blogcast or potentially even a a podcast come out of that. So looking forward to seeing that in the the weeks to come. Yeah, so as we we close out today's session, were there any main takeaways that that you think would be important to highlight for the community? You know, it seems like the last couple um, symposiums were all about acquisitions, and now it seems like they're pivoting towards um, kind of evolving and um, improving the products that they have acquired over the last couple of years and making them a little bit more user-friendly, marketer-friendly. So I'm really excited to see um, these products become easier to use. Um, and I'm glad that they're taking into consideration um, input from the Sitecore community, the MVP community. I'm really excited to see where these products end up um, a year from now and what we learn at next year's symposium. That was one thing I noticed as well, is it, it felt like they were really listening to what the community was was saying about the product and helping mm -hmm. not only improve, but as they look to, to future state, you know, ensuring that they keep those main core competencies as they, they make future releases. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, one of the other buzzwords was, you know, be yourself, be your authentic self, uh, seize the moment. Um, what were some of the other, some of the items that were out there? I think really it's, um, uh, you know, if you have, if you have an area um, where you have an interest or, or, or expertise, you know, share it with the community, share it with, um, you know, not not just your your technical partners, um, you know, but with Sitecore clients, with Sitecore themselves, um, share what you know, and um, and it will help somebody. And, um, you know, especially as we all start to embark on this composable journey together, um, being a cohesive community will become even more important um, because there's opportunity for, for lots of people to, to find uh, areas where they want to focus on and to share that knowledge with with everyone else. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. Thank you, Chad. All right. Well, I think that wraps up this session on post Sitecore Symposium 2022. Special thanks to both Megan and Chet for joining me on today's show. Thanks Thank you, for having Josh. us. <laughs> Let's do this again next year. That sounds great. Looking forward to it. All right. I'm your host, Josh Hover. Thanks for joining today's podcast. Stay tuned for our future sessions.